0: That's NOom.com to sign up for your trial today.
1: You're listening to Winds Above Fantasy, part of the Pitcherless Podcast Network with Van Burnett and Steve Giswelli.
2: Welcome back, everybody. It is Wins Above Fantasy episode 90 milestone one there Steve and it's gonna be a great show talking ADP values we love our favorite draft values and it's also momentous because here on Thursday March 9th we are officially three weeks away from MLB opening day very exciting. That, unfortunately, is also when I'm boarding a plane for India, so I'll miss all the early round editions, Steve. That'll be great, but uh, thank you guys all for tuning in. You guys can follow us on Twitter, at Pod. I'm at Van underscore Verified, and Steve is at Stav8818. Steve, I know uh, we're in the heart of draft season, wrapping up TGFBI. We got Ball kind of kicking off, picking up where things left off there. And home league drafts are approaching as well, which is always exciting. But uh, it's going to be a great show, kind of a summary show uh, of uh, a lot of the stuff we've been talking about all offseason, because these are the guys we love in terms of where they're going on ADP. So I'm pumped to get into it, man. How's, how's it going out there?
1: Yeah, it's exciting. Um, you know, I, I, I just remember last week in our show kind of talking about spring training and it being so early and it being like, ah, oh, you know, it's none of this really matters yet. And even if guys Velo is down, like they're still building up and it's, it's funny because now it's like, oh crap, we're, we're three weeks away from, from real games. So like it, it's, it's go time. Like, uh, you know, it, it sneaks up on you so quick. It's like literally been a week and now I'm sitting here like, oh boy, like uh, this is it. And especially with the world baseball classic, right? Like that f- kicks off, for it it, games are going on but i I think this weekend is like this saturday is like where there's just games like all day which is which is cool there was a bunch of exhibition games uh today wednesday as we record this um so yeah it's it's exciting like there's meaningful baseball there's a best on best tournament happening right now which is which is awesome um so it's exciting stuff yeah uh I'm almost done with tGFbi not quite i know you you finished up uh, I have my turf league, which is part of that earth uh universe um this weekend so uh, yeah. another another nFBC draft uh similar to to TGFBI and uh the on the wire league that I've been talking about so uh exciting and then the twenty fifth is is my big one my my home league so uh fully entrenched in draft season uh, and all about it
2: yeah, and it's also you know, bracket season, Steve. and we'd be remiss not to mention because the the timing aligns so well with our show dropping today. You guys can go out and uh, give us a vote in the fantasy baseball brackets. Last year we pulled a, a nice little upset off against uh, hacks and Jacks, a little friendly fire there with the pitcher list pod network as a nine seed. And uh, we got rewarded with a lower seed this year, Steve. So we need some help from the listeners because we got uh, Bubba and the Bat Flips as a powerhouse two seed we're going up against. And, you know, jokes aside, Chris that runs this, the Twitter handle at Baseball Pods. Uh, but Chris does a great job with it. He was joking with us uh, the other day when we were talking to him. But yeah, you guys should go out, check out the brackets. It's really cool to just see the fantasy industry at a glance and, and get some exposure there. But no question, Steve, we're not above a little shameless plug here, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, let's uh let, let's make it make it interesting at least as a 15 seed. Uh, you know, we 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 we, we won around last year, which was which was nice. So, uh it, it'll be a cool to be a Cinderella story even to do it as a as a 15 seed. But, you know, uh, just just what Chris does to you know, the goal of this is to spread the exposure of all these awesome podcasts that everyone does and he does a great job doing that. So, just to be even in the bracket, I think is is an honor. So, uh but yeah, that being said, let let's let's try and pull an upset. So yeah, go out and vote.
2: That would be huge. And uh Steve, the, the rundown here is huge, so we should dive in head first. Um I, I mean overall on on the format of the show, we're we're pretty much looking at ADP values, right? So there's a lot of ways you can slice and dice that, but do you want to kind of run down how we're going to go about some of these names. And I know for some buckets, we got a couple some, we just have one we're going to focus on. So I I think we can be a little loose, but once you give the listeners kind of the, the outline, if you will, on, on the ADP values.
1: Yeah. I think that it's a, it's a good way to identify names that you want to target, right? Because everyone talks about sleepers and then sleepers become water lake sleepers. And then therefore they're no longer sleepers because they shoot up draft boards. So, um, i think that it's the goal that everyone wants to achieve like you want to select a pick that produces more value or you want to take someone at a pick that produces more value than the pick that you used right you want to have excess and surplus value that's the goal of everyone's draft so um guys that we we think that we should target and guys that are being undervalued that we we see as producing more value um and the fun thing about that is like you don't have to be you could do that at any pick range right like you know you could think juan soto at pick seven is a value right like wherever so that's why i think it's a fun exercise to do because you can find this everywhere it doesn't have to be a sleeper that is post pick 150 or something like that um we can go through the draft board uh, and divide into sections as we did and try and find guys that are going to produce what you need to win your league. And that's getting more than what you pay for. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I think important context for us to kind of note throughout the show is, you know, the, the format of your league should factor into this quite a bit. If it's Roto five by five, there's going to be a little bit different slant. Even the de- even the
1: depth, even the depth of your league, right? Like, what's the what's the waiver wire like yeah exactly right
2: is it yeah is it weekly a streaky guy might not be good or you know people have talked about average and how in a week-to-week format average can be kind of a volatile thing to to bank on what's the difference between 240 and 270 in in a given week so uh things of that nature we can mention but what's interesting steve when i was going through my list and you know i completely crashed and burned on my chalkboard picks last year so i'm you know, I'll take a small victory lap since October, November, because we did a, a you know similar show. We talk in the off about guys we like and everything. There are a lot of names that you and I had that weren't necessarily all over the industry, and those names have shot up to where I almost wrote down a few names, and I was like, they've already moved up so much. So I might I might name drop a couple of those, but. I think we got to be a little mindful with our ADP range being in the past month of just how far those guys have moved, because, you know, at some point a value stops being a value mm-hmm, when you keep mm-hmm. scooting those guys up. So we could talk about all that good stuff. Um, are you ready to just jump in, Steve?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Nice. Well,
2: why don't you start us off? We're, we're leading off with the pick one to 50 range. So these are really the first, you know, three, four rounds of your draft, depending on league size. And, Steve, you can start off, and then I'll kind of uh, circle up after that.
1: So, here's one that kind of uh, is right to my point as to values can be anywhere. Um, uh, my first draft value that I love is Raphael Devers. He's currently uh, at pick uh, 20, um, or the mm-hmm. 22nd overall player uh, at NFBC. We filtered from all drafts from Feb 8th to march 8th so that's exactly a month back from today wednesday when we're recording this so i i just find it easy maybe because I, I had a lot of shares of devers last year and saw it happen in real time like he got hurt he had hamstring he had a hamstring injury that he spent about oh, two weeks on the il and came back and it was just not the same player before that he was having you know one of the quintessential best Rafael Devers seasons that he ever had and it is clear in the splits in the first half in 377 plate appearances he hit 324 he had 22 homers um you know uh was just doing everything that you expected Rafael Devers to do in the second half he hit 250 and just five home runs so the average floor that you expect from Devers was just completely gone and then the power was just completely evaporated. He, It was so clear that this guy was battling an injury and because of that, now we're getting basically like a 10-pick discount uh, at, at least. I know last year he was uh, around the turn of drafts, so uh, around pick like 12 to 15 was where Devers was going. Um, and on top of that, it's probably what we've discussed most this offseason. It is by far the hardest position to, to draft. Like if you don't get one of the top five third basemen, you're in trouble. You need to either get really lucky or you know find something that that hits uh, that the rest of us don't know about. Because if you just look at the ADP for third baseman, there's a cliff and there's a cliff for the reason. Um, a lot of these guys, uh, you know, don't have this dual eligibility um anymore any uh, as far as third base goes you know um there there's some guys that that had it in the past that no longer are are eligible there um so it, it's it's tough it's tough so to get a guy who i think is a first rounder uh at a second round price i know it's only a 10 pick discount but it's still a very good discount in in my mind like it's it's uh, you know, Austin Riley's going one pick before him. I think I'd take Rafael Devers every day there just because the track record, uh, you know, the concerns that we've had about um, also uh, about Riley's play this win in the very recent past. So uh, I, I'm all in at Devers, at pick 22. Yeah, I love it, Steve. I know you and I both,
2: grab devers in our uh raz slam separate Mm -hmm. leagues um so yeah no no convincing needed here i think another thing to point out with devers is as a lefty hitter he also gets shifted on or was shifted on in the past um he he hit 333 uh in that first half period you were talking about when he was not shifted on so you know, obviously we don't want to blow it out of proportion, but I think that's another thing that could help Devers. And then the health, I mean, prior to last season, if you look at the three seasons prior to that, including the shortened year, pretty much was on the field, like 95% of the time. So he's usually, you know, an image of durability. So yeah. And and maybe, maybe that hurt
1: last year because he didn't really miss that, that much time. He played, you know, um, yeah, you know, most of the season, it, it was just the fact that he was playing pretty hurt with a hamstring. Yeah. So,
2: do you think the Red Sox depleted offense will have an impact on counting stats at all with Devers? That might be the one thing that's
1: Um. Maybe worse uh, I, I I think that you know, uh, their offense their their team wasn't that great last year, and he still had eighty four runs and eighty eight RBIs. Um, Fair. And not a lot of games, yeah, and and yeah, and just uh, five hundred fifty. He still got five hundred fifty-five at bats, six fourteen plate appearances. So, yeah. missed uh, twenty games. though. missed twenty games. Yeah, missed twenty games. I guess he just you know plays so much otherwise, and bats so high in the lineup that uh, mm-hmm. it, it it didn't have as big of an impact on him. But you know, uh, Bogarts is a big loss, but um, they added some pieces there that you know still could be okay um Yoshida yeah yeah Yeah. exactly so uh, I'm not too too concerned about it but you know the fact that he only hit five home runs in the second half and still finished with 27 that that tells me everything that I need to know
2: yep no I, I love it Steve I'm I'm very much in on Devers and uh yeah I think just to shore up third base we've been talking about it like you said so I I couldn't agree more in my first 50 picks value here, uh, another guy I, I believe you are high on as well, Steve, so don't expect arguments. But yeah, I was
1: I was going to pick this one if you didn't, so yeah.
2: Mr. Matt Olson, and that is with his ADP scooting up as well because it was around, I think, 48, 50, and now it's at ADP of 41, but I'm in on Matt Olson, man. And uh, for the listeners, if you missed it last year, the average came down. He only hit 240. 34 home runs, though, and 190 runs plus RBIs in his first year for the Braves. So we talk a lot about, you know, giving people a little bit of a a pass when they're pressing on a a new team. And he might have been, you know, facing some of that when you look at like his strikeout rate, all the gains that he had made in 2021, where he had a 17 percent strikeout rate. That was what the jaw dropper was in 2021. It reverted a little bit to 24 percent last year. Honestly, you'll still take that K rate with Olsen, just with his raw power. Uh, But the average was the gap with a a 240 average after posting a 271 batting average the year before. So 30-point drop there. But speaking on the shift, Matt Olsen was shifted 80% of his plate appearances last year. So this is another guy that we should see that average climb up a little bit just from the shift alone. On top of that, you know the the BABIP was a little abnormal. He hits the ball so hard. I just really think that this guy is is more of like a two fifty five hitter. Um, and other things that he had changed last year or improved on the barrel rate was actually higher than twenty twenty one and in twenty twenty. So you know a guy who hit I think it was thirty nine homers is is improving the barrel rate. And you know this, I mean when you put it all together and look at the first base landscape after Olsen, you wait about 50 picks to get to Jose Abreu or Vinny Pasquantino. Now I love Vinny P in a points league where his like 14% walk rate gets there. I actually love him in general, but just to put it into perspective on the auction calculators on fan graphs, the dollar value from Matt Olson to Abreu, who's right after him goes from $23 to, down to $11. So that just underlines how big the cliff is based on projections. And another thing is Olsen is absolutely mashing right now in spring training. Three homers, 1,700 OPS. I know we don't want to overreact to spring training, but that's what I love to see for a guy who's in year two, in in my opinion, the best offense in the league, batting in between Acuna and Austin Riley. It's his age 28 season, which is power prime. I, I see Olsen having a massive year, man. I mean, I, I think in his sleep, we're talking 255, 35, and 190 runs plus RBIs. But I think there's a little bit of upside on the average, which we've seen as recently as the year before last. And I think he could go out and hit 40 homers. So I love Olsen here. I think it's a safe pick. I think it offers uh, some, some ceiling. And I think he's closer to that first base tier in front of them with like Goldie and everybody. And that's a great tier. I don't say that lightly. I think he's closer to that group than what follows after him. So love, love, love Olsen here. I, uh, already have a share in TGFBI, FBI, but I, and I reached by
1: the way, and I plan to have more. So, um, thoughts on Olsen, Steve, I think an ideal round, like two, three turn for me is Devers and Olsen. Uh, Oh yeah. Do you get oh, yeah. like your corners squared away? Um, their floors are just so high. I think we saw the floor for both of them last year, and it was still really good, right? Like, both, like if that's the floor for these guys, uh, sign me up. Um, I think it's a quintessential issue that we talk about new year with with the new team. Um, it was the worst O swing of his career at thirty three percent for Matt Olson last year, so he chased more than ever. Um, but despite that. It was the best hard hit of, uh, rate since 2018 in Oakland, uh, the highest max exit velocity of his career. Um, like you said, the barrel rate was, you know, uh, really good. Again, the best since 2019 there. Um, yeah, I, I see no reason why you can't pencil in a batty average to prove it because of the shift and how hard he hits the ball and just a regression to... The norm for his power skills, so uh, uh, you don't have to do much convincing with Matt Olson for me. Uh, I, I I love it, and I'm, you know, he's like my number one first baseman target. Uh, I think it's a great, great uh, spot to take him, even with his ADP creeping up closer to forty.
2: Yeah, and just like names going right in front of him in terms of hitters. I mean, there's like Jazz Chisholm, Randy Orozarena. Um, I think I'd take him
1: in front of both of the, those guys. I think he, he kind of so moves much all more the way vo- up so leg. much more volatility with a lot of the other guys. I know they yeah. steal bases and that's why they're there, but uh, Olson just seems like such a rock. Yeah, I think he even goes he goes up for me around
2: like Lindor and Simeon, right around like mm-hmm. ADP thirty-one. So I think there's still room there because you know with the spring training he's having. That ADP might continue to climb, but love Devers, love Olsen, and yeah, you said it. That pairing for the corners would be massive. Um, so we will get to uh, 50 to 100 and talk about some more guys, but we are gonna take our first ad break and we'll be right back.
0: Eating is an emotional experience, which is why managing your weight needs to be a psychological one. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Start taking control of your weight management and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N O O M.com to sign up for your trial today. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization And based on a sample of 4,272 Numers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today.
2: All right, so Steve, you're back up 50 to 100. Feel free to uh, hit on a guy or if you want to Breeze through a couple. Uh, The floor
1: is yours. I'm really cheating here because his ADP I think is uh, exactly at 100. Uh, But (laughs) uh, I I can't go uh, an ADP value show without mentioning my boy George Kirby. Um, Loved him last year. think there's going to be uh, uh, another step forward this year as he tweaks that slider and continues to improve and improve make that a a strikeout pitch. He has six pitches listed on Baseball Savant, which is always cool to see. Um, But, you know, Kirby, what what Kirby did last year um, was really without a true breaking ball strikeout pitch. Um, I know it got better towards the end of the year, but uh, he did a lot of what he did because his fastball was so good. Um, it allowed just a 221 batting average against. It had a 30% strikeout percentage, um, a 208 x batting average. So, um, really, really good stuff for the fastball. But the, what was missing was that true put away pitch. Um, the 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 fastball actually had the highest whiff percentage for any pitch, which is which is crazy, right? You never see that uh, mm-hmm. for really any pitcher, like no matter how bad. You know, they are like, you know, you get your most whiffs with breaking stuff. So yep. um, there's been pieces in the offseason that he is tinkering with that slider. Um, he added in a, uh, uh, a, a sinker, I believe, at time um, to get a lot of call strikes that led to, uh, you know, a, 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 his big run in August and September. Um, so I really think that th- this guy is just one slider tweak away. Uh, from becoming a a fantasy ace and uh i you know we say that pick 100 is a sweet spot to to be picking starters uh i think george kirby is the pitcher to be picking in that sweet spot
2: your uh music to my ears right now steve because kirby is another guy that uh I, i grabbed in tgfbi so love to hear it um You know, the Mariners let their starters go, and that's, I think, an encouraging thing right now. You know, in addition to everything you said, Steve, because he had a strikeout per inning last year, but if the slider evolves and he's got more swing and miss, I think he could really rack up some numbers because projections have him at, like, 145 innings after pitching 130 last year. But if you go over to Logan Gilbert, who's similarly, you know, a, a... basically a pitching prospect they were trying to ease in and protect long-term. Gilbert had 119 innings in 2021, so 11 less than Kirby did last year. And then this past season, they ramped Logan Gilbert all the way from 119 innings up to 185. So if you know they're kind of treating Kirby in the same manner, I don't know that we can bank on 180, but I think... 160 170 to me is not out of the question I mean like this is this is what the Mariners do and this is the window when they're trying to push so I love Kirby I think the upside lies with the volume there's a super high floor even as young as he is with the command just having a 4.1% walk rate last year is ridiculous so yeah I think uh, Kirby is a, a great name there and like you said it's in that sweet spot of starting pitchers where I think you're fine if he's your sp2 but I think you're in great shape if he's your sp3 so love love the call there with Kirby and again love the confirmation on
1: uh, my, my FBI staff so into it yeah um, to, to close out with Kirby on the slider the PLV was 5.33 and the league average on that is 5.11 so a pitch that you know a lot of guys are good at in the slider right he was still above average with it um based on plv um so you know that that shows just how good he is even without you know the pure whiff slider that he has it it was still a good pitch overall but uh, i i think it can get better as he's been working on the offseason as there's been several reports so uh I, i like kirby a lot for
2: sure Okay, so moving to a guy I've been talking about, we've been talking about as an industry all off-season, but I can't let the hype fade on Vinny Pasquantino. And, you know, surprisingly, his ADP has actually kind of normalized, you know, in the, you know, basically coming up on the holidays, his ADP was down at about 87, and now Pasquantino is actually at 93 on the ADP, and I think this is a value. Now, there is a note that Vinny P. skyrockets if we're talking a points league because of the walk rate and the plus on his batting average. If you're not getting credit for walks, it kind of hurts you a little bit because he walks so much that that good average isn't going to impact your stats as much if you're in like a 5x5 five five roto, which might be factoring in for his ADP. But I still think where a lot of projections have him around 280 and like 20 homers. And I know we talked uh, on the uh, PLV show with Kyle Bland that that's kind of how he looked based on his pitch level value stats from last year. I think what we're overlooking is that that's what we saw last year in 72 games when he had a really slow start. But I don't think that's the real Vinny Pasquantino. His ISO last year in that sample was a 155 through the minors he has always been a 250 iso guy like he is a slugger when he gets dialed in uh his homer to fly ball ratio was 11 percent last year it's usually in the upper teens i saw him launch one in spring training the other day and i was like that looks like raw power real power um and he was ninth in the league last year in hard contact rate so if it's a small tweak from elevating uh, you know, and maybe he'll he'll take singles and, and accept that he's kind of a contact hitter. But I think he's going to find his way closer to 25, 30, and maybe 30-plus homers. And if he can do that with, like, a 290 batting average, like, look out. This, I mean, he's still in the Royals lineup, but they're getting better. He was 11th in the league in strikeout rate last year. 11th in the league with those tools as, like, a power contact guy. I still think... At pick 93, in my opinion, I've seen enough from Vinny Pasquantino to think that this is the last year you're going to get him here. Every year from here on in, he's going to be a top 50 guy, and I think you're you're looking at a discount right now. So I know it's kind of, uh, in a funny way, a, a vanilla one because he's such an exciting player, but it's vanilla because everyone knows that Vinny P is a big name. But, you know, you can look up and down the stat sheet. He was second in the league in expected batting average last year. Like, this guy has a really unique, almost triple crown skill set if he can tap into the power a bit more. So, uh, I, I love Pascontino and I, I still think he's a great value here, especially in points leagues. Double everything I just said in points leagues. But, Steve, uh, I actually don't have a share to date in, in my few drafts that I've had, but uh, hoping to change change that soon. What are your thoughts on Pasquantino at ninety three? I think that
1: his power is being under underrated because you just look at you know a decently a decent sized sample from last year. You see an eight point eight barrel rate, but like you said, a lot of that came from the first month and a half where he just struggled with just pounding everything into the ground. Right? Um, he had eleven point one percent fly ball, uh, homer on the fly ball ratio last year. Uh, he's never had lower than fourteen point four percent at any stop in the minors. Uh, mm-hmm. um, so I, I just don't think that Vinny Pasquantino is an eight point eight percent bow rate guy and an eleven percent homer on the fly ball rate guy. I think it's more closer to ten to twelve percent and just you know yep. uh, a much higher homer on the fly ball ratio. Just looking at the guy and seeing what he can do to baseballs. Um, and honestly, maybe the fact that he does have such good bat-to-ball skills and a hit tool that, and you know the the strikeout-to-walk ratio, maybe you know the narrative is sort of forming that he isn't this power hitter. Um, I know also the fact that he plays his home games at Kauffman Stadium isn't great. So uh, I think that there is just um, a decent underestim- underestimating of his power by the entire market. So. Uh, you know, he had 18 home runs at AAA uh, in 73 games before coming up last year. So uh, that was uh, good enough for uh, an ISO of 284. Uh, yeah, his ISOs at every stop in the Myers were much, much higher than 155. Like, at minimum, this guy's a 200 ISO guy. Uh, yeah. And if he's going to hit close to 300, that's close to a 500 slug, which is, you know, chef's kiss.
2: Well, get ready because we're going to see him for uh, Team Italy in the World Baseball Classic. But in the four games he did have in spring training, uh, 444 average, a homer, four RBIs, 1,300 OPS. So, yeah, I'm all systems go for Vinny P. Uh, you know, and again, shocking. You got to
0: you gotta
1: get shares because you followed that account. Like, is Vinny P up? You dropped them just before he came up. I know you gotta get you gotta get some shares. This just, is like just, uh, my this
2: is my podcast share of yeah. of Vinny P, but I need some actual ones. All right, in
1: our I think we're running back the podcast league again this year. I think uh, if we did, we have we'll make a promise that we have to draft him onto the Winds Wins Above Fantasy team.
2: It's got to be done. It's got to be done. So, all right, so Steve, anybody else you wanted to uh, mention or hit on in this? No, round I, I think, we start I, think going we, I think we
1: could we could head right to the to, to the next okay Uh, let's jump in so post
2: post 100 to pick 200 who are you circling in this range
1: so this is a name that's come up to me i I think uh sp streamer michael simeon has been tweeting about him uh i know pitching ninja loves him and and is always putting up gifts especially after his strikeouts and the things that he does uh it's it's lance lynn um i think that there is a a reason why he's going so late in drafts, uh, he's around round pick. Uh, I swear I have it up. Like 140, uh, 140, yeah. Um, he is going yeah, at 135, 135. Um, 138 ADP, 135th player off the board. Um, I think it's ageism and just the fact that he wasn't great for the first, you know, half of his starts last year. I know he started injured. But uh, the first sixty innings or so were were pretty bad. Um, the overall line didn't look great last year too. Uh, just a three ninety nine ERA. Um, all the ERA estimators were were much better. But um, I, I think that it was easy to miss what Lance Lynn did in the second half. Um, once he got right, um, he had a two fifty two ERA. And a 25%, 26% strikeout rate and just a 6% walk rate. So, uh, sorry, a 3% walk rate, 26% strikeout rate, 3% walk rate. So, much similar to the Lance Lynn that we've come to know and love over the last few years, where he's become like Mm -hmm. a borderline SP1, like as good as you get SP2 sort of thing. Um, maybe that's a little bit of a high end for, for Lynn, but you know, he he's he's been really, really solid and I think the fact that, you know, he's old, fat and like, you know, didn't have a great start after people on to him on, on their I L this start last year, that's a recipe for uh um for for you falling in drafts and therefore being a value. And no offense to lenslin I I know he's made jokes about his body type there. You know, we're, we, are, we are not a body-shaming podcast whatsoever. I, I love Lance Lynn uh, for for all that he is in every single way. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that Lance Lynn is a great value. I think that he can definitely produce, you know, um, top 30-ish starting pitcher value, and he's going, I think, pretty far outside there I'm filtering it on, on just pitchers and, and looking where, where Lynn is. So this is going to include some relievers but uh he's being drafted as a 51st pitcher off the board like yeah i, I don't think there's gonna be 50 pitchers better than lance lynn this year
2: no i don't think so i i was high on him last uh off season as well and you know it's just for for three years he looked the same coming into last year so i think it's too soon to to say that this is like a, a new lance lynn In this, he was the
1: same the in, in the second half yeah you yeah. know right yeah, so, so you're, that was you're literally best. talking yeah. about
2: like seven-eighths of his past four years have looked yeah. like an SB2 pretty much. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. I mean, he was being drafted in like the, you know, top 60 overall players uh, just, you know, 12 months ago. So, yeah, I, I think I totally agree, uh, more soft analysis, but, you know, being closer to Chicago, like— the white Sox had a shadow over them last uh-huh. year i know everyone knows everything that, went was, wrong everything it went was wrong. truly like anything and everything so i think with new manager new vibes uh i think that not only is it a good player to count on a bounce back but i love the price at, oh. at a 138
1: adp our, our boy rich is all over the white Sox as a bounce back uh team this year uh Talking just futures with him uh, last week. so Hey, uh, I'm going to be out in Vegas
2: if Rich wants to, you know, have me hit up Caesars for him or something. I'm just saying. Just saying. (laughs) Okay, well, um, this is the range, Steve, where hold on to your seat because I can't believe I'm even saying this, but every part of me wanted to say... Lars Newtbar is my guy in this range because I love Newt and we love Newt and we reached drastically for our OBP dynasty league for Newt. But if we're not talking to OBP, I gotta say that the the helium is getting a little out of control with Newt. And I think it's a the industry loves him. B outfield is so thin that there's a position jump there. But when we talked about Newtbar like two months ago. That was in an ADP of 225. He's already jumped 55 zero spots. Wow. Wow! Yeah. And I know, like, I know there was a lot to be excited about his barrel rate jumped from 4% and 21 to 12% last year. There was all the driveline stuff, the bat speed. Like I'm still super excited about newt. However, a little bit of cold water on it. His, his PLV power stats look a little bit low, which was all from last year. Um, I think that crowded outfield is going to be a yeah, little bit of a that, headache. That's
1: what I was going to say. Like, th- this is a 50-pick jump without, like, a full-time confirmed role.
2: I think it, I think at the most, unless they make a trade, at the most, Newt Bar will play four out of five games. And then I think they're going to cycle, like, a Donovan, mm-hmm. Yepez, Walker's obviously forced his way into that discussion, which is super exciting. I just think now when I look at the ADP landscape, I'm a little worried he looks a lot like... A Joey Manessis with a little bit more speed who's going like 20, 30 picks later. So I'm, you know, I just couldn't put Newt on this list because I think, you know, unlike Vinny P, where it's like I still love the price, mm-hmm. like an ADP of 175 in a five by five league, like there is a chance that Newt bar just from volume is like a 265, you know, 20 homer, but no more, and five steals and like. I just don't know. I don't know where they're going to have him in the order. I love it as a boom bust pick. I love it, love it in points or an OBP league, but it's, it's getting a little pricey. And I guess saying.
1: I guess another thing about value is, uh, or another way to look at it, maybe we should hit on this in the top of the show, but can you find similar production at a later price, right? Like, I, And I think that Joey Manessis example, I was actually going to put him on as one of mine, but we could talk about him here. Like, is that like an older unsexy version of large new bar on the, on the nationals? Just, you know, um, I I don't know. I I know that there's, there's a lot of questions with, with Manessas too, but a lot under the hood looks, looks pretty good. It doesn't look like a, you know,
2: um, look like a fluke. uh, uh, He's in the heart uh, uh, of the order. I'm trying, I'm
1: trying to think who, who's the comparison for, from 2021 for, for, um, for Newpar, like a, just an older veteran who came up and was kind of like um like a Patrick Wisdom or something like that, you know, um, yeah. or Frank Schwindel is the is the example I think that That's Derek Van Riper yeah. and and you know you know Saris have used. Uh, like I don't I don't th- I don't think Maness is that. So, you know, is that a way to get the similar production without having to pay for the market hype? of of a guy that everyone is in on. So I think that that is a way to, to find value too. And I think it's hard too, because it's hard not to ride the momentum of the market and go for that Ooh pick and the name everybody wants, but it might not be the way to find value. Yeah, definitely.
2: I mean, Oscar Gonzalez is a, a good play, 20, 30 picks back as well. Like it's not a terrible spot to grab like an outfielder three, or for and again, I love Newt. I think as long as you're set up to to where you can afford that, that is, you know, you're paying for the upside there. So just just be prepared to pick 175 for Newt. All that to say, he is not my pick on 100 to 200. Who I'm going with, Steve, is is Jeffrey Springs at pick 172. Another guy who I grabbed in TGFBI. I know we talked with Nick Pollock on our PLV episode. You guys got to tune into that if you missed it, but. PLV model loves Jeffrey Springs, and a lot of it's the changeup. But last year, I mean, coming from the bullpen, last year he got 135 innings with the Rays, over a strikeout per inning, a 2.46 ERA, a 107 WHIP, and there's just so much to like. That strikeout or that walk rate was just 5.6 percent. Uh, the xERA was low threes as well. Um, getting into the actual pitch mix, he's pretty much. Equal, more or less, fastball, changeup, slider guy. And the changeup and the slider both had a a PLA, which is basically the ERA value, true ERA value of that pitch. The changeup and the slider were both a 323. So, you know, at a pitch by pitch basis, regardless of of what the hitter did, what we saw is that he's, you know, for the most part a low threes guy. I think when you look at the fact that the changeup has a 23% swinging strike rate, League average being thirteen percent. Like that is an elite changeup. The slider for being as good as it was, just a ten percent swing strike rate, so that could even get better. Uh he locates the fastball high. It's just kind of a, you know, more or less a show me pitch to set up uh his off speed and breaking stuff. But I think with glass now shelved for six, eight weeks, you know, the 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 Rays are probably gonna look at Springs and hope to get 150 out of him. So if they do, I think we could see 160 plus strikeouts with elite ratios, and he's going at an ADP of 172. So I like Springs a lot. I think as an SP four or five, you're doing really well if you have Springs kind of rounding out your rotation.
1: The Rays are just so good with these changeup guys. It's just so funny looking at Springs as uh, you know on Savant they have that the graph of just you know pitch usage. Um uh-huh. and you just see the changeup just like shoot up last year. It's like oh that that that's why he did good. Um so uh yeah I I think that Springs is a great pick. I I, I like Drew Rasmussen too. Like basically any one of these guys like the Rays just know how to get the most out of it. So um and and, and it leads to a lot of these value guys because yeah they do limit their innings, but I think that does lead to um draft day value right like. You're fine if you get 150 innings from from Springs again, um, you know. You could totally. make up that 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 elsewhere, and you know, uh, sign me up for you know. It might not be a two four six year like it was last year, 135 innings. But hey, anything within like a run of that is really good.
2: Well, and he's 30 years old, but you're talking about a guy who has 265 innings on his you know mileage since he's been in the majors so like being a reliever before this you know 30 innings a season like that's that's kind of rested the arm a little bit so I'm hoping there's some durability with that 150 so uh yeah I like Springs I think he's a really really sound way to round out the rotation but uh let's let's move into uh the 200 pick range and beyond we'll do after 200 after 300 But we'll get into those after our second ad break, and we'll be right back.
0: Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom has created weight management programs that are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. So stop chasing health trends and join the millions who have lost weight with Noom. Sign up for your trial today at noom.com. That's n o o m.com to sign up for your trial today.
2: Okay, so Steve, uh the pendulum is back on you. I know we've uh kind of thrown out some hitters, some batters. Where are you going on this
1: one? Um this one is more of uh a gut and just like uh I I I I know the last year was really bad and uh, who knows but I, I like Jesse Winker this year I think it's a I liked him going into last year I know that there probably wasn't uh, the smartest decision with him going from Cincinnati to um, Seattle, Seattle. Yeah. but he is now back in a, in a hitter friendly uh, environment in Milwaukee Um, you know Saras on Rates and Barrels mentioned that he spoke with Winker and he was like yeah I don't want to make excuses man but I was hurt all year last year. Um, So he now has an off season to get right and should be fully healthy. Um, And if he's anything close to what he was in 2021, like, um, you know, he was kind of like the, the, the riser, right. Uh, Up, up draft boards, uh, you know, around pick hundred after he finally um, put it all together and, was able to hold his own against lefties and have that massive season like he did in 2021. The stack gas page was bright red and the, all the PLV numbers uh, were well above average and he just looked like a sound hitter and then it all just fell apart too. And then more of the soft analysis too, he basically said that like I didn't fit in on this Seattle team. Like They were a young team that all these prospects came up and hit at the same time and they all knew each other. Um and he was this guy that was brought in that was just like an outsider. And like, it was like, yeah, I was playing hurt. I didn't fit in with this team. And, uh, now it's just a fresh start, uh, with a team that, you know, does well with these sort of players, right? Like, look what they got out of Hunter Renfro last year. Um, I, I you know, Winker's eye was still there. His chase rate was still elite. His walk rate was still really, really good. Didn't strike out that much. Um, and sure, they, the exit velocities and max EVs and hard hit percentages were all down, but if you could if write that off injured. to injured, then, you know, uh, the 13.5% barrel rate from 2020 and the 11.2% barrel rate are, you know, larger samples, and, you know, maybe we could regress back closer to that from the 7.6% that he put up uh, last year when he was hurt. I mean, he's still just 29 years old, um, has that great plate discipline that when you pair it with... Um, the good b- back-to-ball skills and, and power skills, uh, it, it comes together nicely for Winker. So, in that ballpark, um, with a fresh start and hopefully health, I think Winker can be a great value. It's kind of just like the whole draft community has just written him off. Uh, he's now going, you know, I think I picked like 250 around there. Yeah, um, 246. Uh, 246, so um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm and, and like we said about outfield like i uh, sign me up with winker as my outfield four or five right like that is a great upside pick that could provide a lot a lot of value
2: yeah it's it's a really good call i think you know we have moved on a little bit too quick i mean that said you know there there's reasons why he's down there with like you know mm-hmm. he's gonna pl- he's probably gonna be a platoon uh, with his splits, I mean, hits hits righties really well, but lefties has always been kind of a uh, a little bit of a struggle. So I think they have him set to platoon there. Um, but the clubhouse wise, I, you know, I heard an interview where Yelich was talking about the excitement of like some veterans, um, and he mentioned Jesse Winker by name and how you know there were good vibes there. So maybe that's on the soft analysis side a, a plus. One thing, and maybe it's cardinal bias, but. I do feel like the Brewers have let me down on developing hitters compared to their their pitchers just because, you know, I I think Renfro had an even better year with the Red Sox. I remember years back, everyone was gassed up about Travis Shaw. They completely squandered that one. I guess Rowdy Teles they yeah. got some good production Re- out of him. Uh, Willie will
1: Adamas, too. Um, I mean, Christian Yelich had MVP years when, when he came over there, so
2: for sure, Yelich. That one's uh, that, a that's, while yeah, back. yeah a That's, that's, that's Adamas is a good is a good call. Yeah. Um, but like Hero we were all excited about. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, yeah, I, maybe I'm holding them to a higher standard because of what they've done with pitching, and it feels like with pitching that good, why are they not, you know, winning the NL Central usually? And it's to me comes back to like run production and everything. But maybe. Maybe Winker, uh, you know, being the NL Central guy in the past, um, and just playing within that role. I'm curious. I don't know off the top of my head where he's slated to hit. Uh, he's
1: currently fifth on roster resource. But one thing that will I will say about the platoon risk, like it's the Brewers. They're 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 penny pitching where they can. Like if Winker is able to you know just keep his head above water against lefties, like they're going to start him the 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 bench right now is Victor Caratini, Mike Brusoe, um Tessin Hira and Tyler Naquin. Like uh, yeah, Brusoe might be uh um
2: hopefully Sal Frelick
1: soon. Hopefully yeah, Sal Freelick too. Um, yes. they got some guys coming up so um but it's not like Murderer's Row or or just this amazing hitter waiting to to take his 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 job. Like the at bats for there for Winker for the taking if if he performs. That's
2: a good point. And he wasn't dreadful, dreadful last year against lefties. He was. He had been the years before, yes. but last year he actually hit for a better average against lefties, a two forty four average, uh, you know, and, and some pops. So that's a good point, Steve. I mean, if he is producing there, maybe we're writing that off a little bit too quickly on him being a, a platoon guy on a permanent basis, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that's fair, and I like Winker, especially with the outfield landscape. That's that's a great call. Um, another guy I, I've talked about that I'm I'm still excited about, and I, I think he's another one who's moved up yeah. about twenty picks in recent months. But it's Andrew Heaney at, at pick two seventeen. I thought about Hunter Brown, but I kind of looked at this as you know Heaney. We just saw it, and I think if there's innings concerns with Heaney, I think it's something that you can backfill, if, if you have an IL slot at least. Um, it's like what we used to do with Rich Hill back in the day. But, you know, the Rangers have a lot of good momentum mm-hmm. going on with their pitching staff right now. Eovaldi, obviously DeGrom, but Heaney's right at the heart of that. And he's working on integrating his changeup a lot more this season. Uh, there was an article, he always laughs about kind of his his preseason guy. He says he's one of the worst spring training pitchers there is, but he, re- he really... Took a lot of good things from his last outing with the changeup, so I think you know when you when you look at Heaney at pick two seventeen, the easiest way to see why this is such a value is just how elite he was when he was with the Dodgers last year with a thirty five percent K rate and a six percent walk rate. Like even if there's some regression there, you know he's had a home run bugaboo in the past. If you even if you make him a you know mid high three ERA guy you're still getting that swing and miss stuff with a, a good club with the Rangers that he should have some run support as well. Um, you know, the sweeper that he introduced last year was, you know, a, elite. The the fastball had the fifth highest CSW among the the league in fastballs. So I just really like it for Heaney. And I feel like deep down I would I would consider Heaney if he was ADP 170, 175, but the fact that it's 217, I still really like this, and I think I'll, I'll definitely have some shares. There's volatility there that I don't want him on every single roster, but I, I think Heaney has proven that he has the stuff that a lot of pitchers around him, you're kind of hoping and speculating and saying, if they do this or if they do that, where we just it from Heaney. He just has to stay healthy and keep doing it
1: yeah and the rangers have had a lot of success with with veteran pitchers we saw just recently last year with john gray um you know they, they they're they're good with this this type of profile um you know gray battled some of his own injuries in, in the past too and i know that there was an il stint or two last year but he was relatively healthy um so maybe uh texas is able to figure that out um so I like Bruce Bochy. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, the stuff, the stuff has never really been a question. I mean, it, it kind of was fully unlocked last year by the Dodgers. Who would have thunk that? That the Dodgers did that. Um, so if he's able to stay healthy, that's great. And it's like, like, you know, it's at, it's starting to become where the pick where where, it only is value, right? Because you could kind of just move on from Heaney uh, at, at that pick too. I think it's just the, the market is just so so. Concern and rightfully so about about the health. Um, that there really is not much downside with this pick, and I think, yeah, it could be a great value pick.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was another reason why I kind of chose him o- over Hunter Brown. Is mm-hmm. w- with Heaney, if it goes wrong, I think you're moving on with, with- more confidence. Mm-hmm. But I think with like Hunter Brown, it's going to be it-, it could be Aaron Ashby all over again, mm-hmm. where it's like the. The hipster, the headache, headache-inducing starting pitcher that stifles the entire roster. Like, that could be Hunter Brown for two, three months, and we'd mm-hmm. all be like, oh, man, we fell into this trap with Ashby. Heaney. if he gets injured, you move on. If, you know, he's getting clobbered like the old days, you move on. Uh, but I think if it works out, you're talking about a guy who's going to be, like, a top 30 SP when he's on the field. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's well worth the value. So. Uh, let's move to beyond pick 300, Steve. We're getting deep here, but these ones are, are kind of the most fun and tend to have the most movement up and down draft boards as well. So start us out with your ADP value that you like past pick 300.
1: Yeah, I still wanted to put Andrew Painter here, uh, despite us having to put in uh, uh, a, a, a post-recorded clip about the injury last week, and we still don't, shockingly, don't even know. Um Yet uh, his, his ADP right now is at 299, so there was a lot of uh 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 helium uh in, in recent months. Uh, I know that uh, I think you probably draft him in TGFBI um mm-hmm. uh, ahead of that. Um, but you know, in the recent days, he's been picked 300, 350, 390 just because yep. it's like, all right, I'm just taking a shot on injury news, um, and I'll be okay. Um, But there was a news announced, I think, today that he is most likely avoiding surgery, uh, which is great news, but he will have to take some time off from throwing, which, hey, um, at this point now it's like, okay, maybe we can expect Painter at the All-Star break or something like that. Um, But this also goes to tell me that, like, hey, this guy was going to make the rotation pretty much. out of spring as a 19 year old, because it's just yeah. this injury that that's holding him back. So, um, maybe now they're just limited injuries as they normally would with it, with a young starting pitcher. But, um, yeah, this stuff just speaks for itself. Like even when he did pitch in spring training, he was touching 99, just, you know, wowing like Carlos Correa and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's still more of just, you know, a coin flip and hope you get lucky with, with the injury news. But, um, I, I just still don't see how painters is going to be in a value uh, and that maybe that we'll be laughing about this injury scare uh, as, as his ADP um, is suppressed by this after it was starting to get all that momentum as we were heading into the middle of the spring. Like, right. Like his, he was going yes. to be like a pick 200 pitcher. Like he was going to be around there that that's where it was headed uh, before this injury news. Yeah. I think it's,
2: it's providing a discount. He's one that like, you know when we get to the crunch time of drafts it's like check Twitter check the late like if if the round turns to your pick before you make another selection see if there's an injury update on on Andrew painter because if it's remotely good news yeah this this is basically grace and Rodriguez that you can get a hundred 150 picks later um, with a better a better ball club to to set him up for wins potential so Man, it would just be a much more fun spring if we have Andrew Painter in it. So, yeah, that's 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 hard to argue with there, Steve. Um, My last two, I'm kind of cheating as well because I uh, I'm doing two instead of one, and I can't help myself. But the one that's that's going to be shorter is I got to talk about Brendan Donovan again. I I did last week. If you missed the show,
1: basically talking about hit another homer today.
2: That's what I'm talking about, man. He Right now, Brennan Donovan, he had a he had a swing stance change. If you look at the side-by-side photos, completely different. Uh, he added pa- like 10 pounds of muscle in the offseason. He has a more upright swing. And this is a guy who had like 90th percentile strikeout rate and walk rate. Like phenomenal plate discipline, like a 280 hitter. Right now, in eight games, he has three home runs and nine RBIs. And... This is just how it happens sometimes for the Cardinals' devil magic. And like, until he slows down in spring training, I am continuing to say that like, something could be happening here with Brendan Donovan while everyone else is talking about Jordan Walker and Lars Newbar. Like, this could be legit. So, uh, like, the narrative should follow the spring training hype. And there is a clear narrative with, you know, the, the work on the body, the work on the batting stance. And we're seeing instant results right now. So, I mean, Donovan throughout the minors never really had the pop either, but some people, you know, it kind of unlocks. And he has ran in the past as well. So, with the bigger bases, you know, if this kind of works out, it could be, oh man, this is, this is bold. This is ahead of the industry, but this could be 280 average, 20 homers, 10 steals, and you're getting him at pick 300. So... I like Donovan. I think they're going to make him that super util who might play as much as Lar's new bar, like four out of five games. So really like Donovan. But the one that I wanted to, to truly focus on was Oscar Colas. And this is a guy, Steve, we got in our dynasty league. We were pumped up about the news from the manager that he'll get the chance to win the outfield job over Gavin Sheets. His ADP, I'm kind of cheating a little bit because it's 297, but it was 480 a month ago. So he has jumped almost 200 spots. A lot of that was from the report that he's going to get a chance to win uh, the role. And this, you know, White Sox phenom, all of the players are like buzzing about how he is the real deal. And he looks like a machine last year in all levels. in in 2022, he had 23 homers in just 117 games and hit over 300 Uh, right now in spring training. Uh, he is also on fire. So, Colas, let me pull it up. Colas is hitting 391 right now. Uh, so, if they're saying he has a shot and he's, you know, practically batting 400 in <laughs> spring training, he's like he's to, taking yeah. his chance. So, yeah, ATC has his projections at 74 games, so pretty much a half a season with 11 homers, three steals, and an average of two fifty. But I think we might be talking about a guy whose batting average could be closer to like splitting the difference on 350. 300, yeah, just super exciting, very toolsy. I, I I think this could be a steal at pick 300 for for Coloss.
1: This is one of those things where like all the projection systems are like hedging their bet and projecting him for like 98 to 115 games. Um, but all of those systems have him for around like 12 to 15 homers. Uh, but he's either going to win the job and play, you know, close to 150 or, you know, or not and it looks like he's going to win the job, so then, you know, prorate that and you're around a 20 homer hitter that could hit, you know, 275 that maybe has some power upside like yeah, I'm all about it and the buzz around him and and how he's faring in spring training is just exciting. You know, he's he's 24 years old already, like, you know, he he's not the typical young prospect that has to come up and and adjust right like uh i believe he played professionally in in cuba too so um it's it's slightly different than like your normal prospect you know route uh he played in the uh in, in japan in the npb uh which is which is pretty 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 cool um and interesting yeah. he is he is Cuban though but um, played over in Japan so uh, exciting stuff I think he was a two-way player too at one point um, but he's not going to to pitch but hey maybe he will as a he's got a cannon yeah maybe he will a as a position now. player and actually be like a, a you know Violet, a, for, a yeah. formidable pitcher which would be which would be funny
2: one other thing on on Kolos is his projections have him at like a 27% K rate and it was kind of high last year. But so far in the preseason, across 23 at-bats, which, by the way, is the second highest for the White Sox, so they're definitely Mm -hmm. getting a long look at him. He has one strikeout in 23 at-bats. So that plate discipline is something you should watch closer in spring training. And it looks good right now for Colas. So um, uh, I'm interested. I will have some shares in in the deeper leagues for sure. And we already got a share, Steve, so that's that's great. But, yeah, Donovan and Colas, super deep ones that I think – you know, could be rising fast in the near future, but uh, that that wraps us up, Steve. Uh, I think you know we've talked about it enough that we really got to pull the trigger on getting our, our team best ball in on NFBC. Let's just let's just do it like this week, man. We gotta, yeah, let's 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 uh,
1: let's do it this week. I know we, we got another uh, another show to do here, um, but we'll, yeah, we'll let, let's fire one up. We'll do a best ball um and, and and then we could you yeah, talk about that maybe we do it uh we could do it and then talk about it on the show uh right there after which, which would be fun
2: yeah love it and uh yeah we'll, we'll be here you guys every thursday from here through the season so yeah. we're back on the weekly plan which is great And yeah, if you guys uh, stayed with us this long, appreciate you listening. And again, the shameless plug, go out, give us a vote on the baseball pods bracket. Let's make a little noise out there. It's March, baby. So uh, that that wraps us up for episode 90. As always, you guys can follow us on Twitter at winsabovepod. I'm at van underscore verified and Steve is at stav8818. Rounds us out. We'll uh, talk to you next Thursday, but thanks for talking baseball with us, guys.
1: Thanks, guys. Later.